You're listening to The Word of Hope, a radio ministry of Hope Lutheran Church in Aurora, Colorado. Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We rejoice in the name of the Lord today on this, the first Sunday in Advent. The colors have all changed to to royal blue, and we're going to be beginning our uh, midweek services this Wednesday. Now this season... May, may come as an un, unexpected surprise. And for many of us, we may wonder, well, what's so special about this time? What's so special about this season? I mean, is an extra service on Wednesday really necessary? I mean, are, aren't our, bi- our lives busy enough as it is? Well, these are all good questions and are worth considering. And I think, I think it, we can relate to this if we take a look at our own habits. So let's assume you guys have a, a guest coming over this Friday. Uh, so uh, what would you do Wednesday or Thursday? When Wednesday or Thursday come around, you're going to start preparing. You go get the groceries, clean the house, whatever needs to be done for the guest that's coming on Friday. This is what we would typically do. Well, now, now if this is true, let's bump it up a notch. Let's assume... Peyton Manning's coming over this Friday. Or, or some other member of the Broncos team. For me, it'd be Colts, but Broncos will work. So, so when this, these people come over, we would, we would even put more preparation into it. I mean, we'd make sure the kids are all shiny, everything's just right, and, you know, we'd put that much effort into it for these people. So, all of this, really relates to Advent. Because the color blue is to symbolize royalty. This is to remind us that Jesus is King. And all the, this, this season is to, to get us prepared for His coming again, but also to remind us that our King is present now. So, So Jesus, this king that comes to you, he is not just any other king. Your king is not a king of a small country, not a king of the Americas. Your king is so great that no king can compare. Revelation 19 tells you that your king is so great that others will try to overthrow him. They will make war on the Lamb, and the Lamb will conquer them, for he is Lord of lords and King of kings. Your king is not a king of some land, but he is king of everything. There is no greater king in existence whatsoever. The text from the lesson today tells you that this king is the fulfillment of Zechariah chapter 9, verse 9. Say to the daughter of Zion, Behold, your king is coming to you. So now there is no question. Jesus is king of all creation. And he comes to you. But... A king this great would be noticed, right? 
I mean, that's, that's what we think. A king with this grade of authority and this, this much grandeur would demand a presence from everybody. And technically, this is right. As, as we can see in Philippians chapter 2, verse 9, where it says, Therefore God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. So here Paul's telling you what will happen when your king comes for the final time. But now, but for right now, he comes in a way that we wouldn't expect. Your king comes to you in the same fashion as he does in the lesson. He doesn't come with all the demands of a great king requiring a presence and, a, and an entrance and a parade and all these things. He doesn't demand this. He comes to you humble and mounted on a donkey and on a colt, the fall of a beast of burden. So, a king this great shouldn't enter on a donkey. Our human reason, the way we look at it in the kings of this world, We'd say he should come in riding on a white stallion, announcing his authority. This would be more fitting of a king this great. <laughs> now, when I, when I was in high school, I worked on ranches and stuff. And I've been around and I've worked with donkeys. And so when the text says they're a beast of burden, that's no joke. It is no joke whatsoever. They are so stubborn and so hard-headed and such a pain that a bad horse is better than the best donkey. (laughs) So, this in mind, your king has chosen to come on such an animal. He comes in a way that he chooses, not in a way that we would expect. And we'll get into it in a bit, but this is actually a great blessing. So, it is a fact that your great king still comes in a humble manner, as in the lesson. He comes through preaching. He comes through the word. He comes through his sacrament. Now, to human reason and logic... I mean, it it doesn't look like something a great king would do. But this is what Jesus does. And he shows you that he has not left humanity. Now, in the lesson, some would say Jesus wasn't a great king. Otherwise, he wouldn't have come in on a donkey. He wouldn't have done it. Well, not much has changed, has it? Because people would still say it's silly to think that Jesus comes in bread and wine. The point is, Jesus does come come to you. Your King comes to you. It's not what you expect. It might not be how you want Him to come to you. But it is how He does things. It is how He comes to you. And you can have comfort 
that He is here for you. So now He he comes here because you need Him. That's exactly why He comes. Think of it like this. There's a war going on. And in this war, Jesus is fighting Satan. And the thing is, you are involved in this war. You are. You're not an innocent bystander. But believe it or not, you were on Satan's team. Your sinful nature and your sinful desires enlisted you in Satan's army. Now your king sees this. And he doesn't want to destroy you with Satan. He would be right and just if he did. If he just came and wiped out all opposition. He has the authority to do this and it would be right. But he doesn't come to do that. He comes to rescue you from your enlistment. He doesn't come to destroy all opposition, but to plunder Satan's army. Your king won't allow Satan to keep you in servitude. But but you were enlisted in this camp. Your contract was death and hell. And it seems like there's no hope. If it, if, if it was left up to you, there wouldn't be any hope. But your great king, the king of kings, he comes to get you out of your enlistment. Your king walks into Satan's camp, walks right into his camp, and he says, I'm here to take these people from your army. They will no longer be at war with me. Now Satan replies, he says, you can't. Their sin keeps them in my army. Their sin keeps them at war with you. They deserve to be here. They deserve to be destroyed. And your king says, this is true, but I love them. I'm going to take what they deserve. I'm going to pay their contract. They deserve death and hell because of sin. I'm going to take that for them. Your king says, every contract you have, I'm going to pay. So you see, your king comes to save, not to destroy. And his death on that cross for each and every one of you was your contract, your personal contract, being paid in full. So now you are free. You're free from your enlistment. (laughs) Not only are you freed from your contract with death and the devil, you're not only freed from that, released from that contract, but you're brought into your king's army. You are now safe from the attacks of the enemy and the camp in which you were once enlisted. So so now that you're safely in his camp, 
You're safely behind his borders. He comes to you humbly as a blessing. Now, your king has come in his grandeur and glory. We've seen it in the scriptures. He has come in his fullness, in his majesty, in his glory. And how do his people react when he does that? They react with fear. So, like, an example is Exodus 20. When God's, God's given out His commandments. And, and His people respond in terror. It says, Now when all the people saw the thunder, and the flashes of lightning, and the sound of the trumpet, and the mountain smoking, the people were afraid and trembled. And they stood far off, and said to Moses, You speak to us, and we will listen. But do not let God speak to us, lest we die. So, I mean, I mean, this is something we can relate to. Like, like when we're speaking to a small child. You know, we don't just walk up there and just, you know, loom over the child and start speaking to them. No, we kneel down. We use a softer voice. So not to frighten the child away. So that we don't frighten them. Well, this is the way your king is with you. He's brought you to his camp. You're in his camp. And he wants to provide for you. He doesn't want you to fear him like we would earthly kings. Your king wants you to come to him. So he kneels down and comes to you in a way that won't terrify you. He wants you to run to him like a child runs to her, to their father with no fear and with complete trust. I mean, can you just imagine it? Imagine if fire and lightning and thunder just right here on the altar, just fire consuming this cross. Just imagine if the Lord was here in His full glory. Now, when you're out there living your, your weekly life and, and you sin, are you going to run here for forgiveness? I mean, if the Lord's dwelling here in this way, would you run here? I don't think you would. I myself would. I'd run away terrified. So, while we are still sinners, the glory of the Lord, the glory, full majesty and glory of your King is a frightening thing. But this won't always be the case. It will not always be the case. When your king comes again, and he will because he promised it, in his full glory, you won't have to worry about your sins. You won't have to be afraid of him because you will be sinless. You will be able to look at him in his full glory and all his majesty. And you won't, there will be no fear or any concern. So your king blesses you with faith in this promise. So, so you hear the news. You hear the, the wars and the events of the world and the natural disasters. And you recognize these are all signs and sounds of the battle. Satan and the world are still fighting your king and you. But your king blesses you with the comfort of his voice. He tells you, he says to you, 
Do not be afraid of these sounds. They can't hurt you. You're in my camp. These are just signs pointing to my return. (laughs) So, uh, your king is so great and has your best interest at heart so that he's even willing to bless you with suffering. Now, this sounds odd, but we do understand suffering as a blessing. Your king cares so much about you that he's willing to let you suffer so you don't forget what camp you're in. He doesn't want you to get comfy with the things of this world. He doesn't want you to love the things here. He freed you from these things and doesn't want you to wander back to that camp. He wants you to stay in his camp. He wants to keep you in his camp. And it's in, it's in our suffering and our hardship. It's, that's how our king keeps us coming to him. Because in sufferings, it keeps us longing for his return. Longing for an end to these things. Because it's in his return or in our death that we are finally released from suffering. So you are blessed with faith to endure anything Satan or this world can dish out. Now all this stuff is very, very important. And it's very important to remember that this is true. This is all true. This is not a nice fairy tale story. This is not some superhero story that's meant to entertain you. This is a true battle and a true war. There was not some clever author who made up your king. Your king has come and revealed himself to you. He is God of this universe. And your God, your king, made himself known to you while he was freeing you from your uh, enslavement. And your king is still with you. He came in the past to free you and to make himself known. And your king comes to you right now. He is here for you in his word and sacrament. And he comes to keep you safe in his camp. He comes to remind you that he paid for your sins. He nailed each and every one of your contracts with death and hell to His cross. Every one of those contracts was paid in full. You can't be kicked out of His camp. He died for you so you could be His. And your King is so great that no one can take you from Him. And your king will come again to bring an end to all consequences, all the consequences of this battle. When he comes again, there will be no more suffering, no more death. Everything that Satan and sin have introduced to this world will come to an end when he comes again. 
you will live with your king in all his glory and all his majesty. There will be no more tears or death. You will see your king's presence. You will see your king, your great king, and your savior face to face. And you will dwell in his presence. You will see his smile. You will feel his hands. You will hear his voice from his own vocal cords. You will be with your king and your God. So, rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion. Shout aloud, O daughter of Jerusalem. Behold, your king is coming to you. Righteous and having salvation is he, humble and mounted on a donkey, on a colt, on the foal of a donkey. Amen. The peace of God which passes all understanding. Keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. We hope you were blessed by today's Word of Hope. Hope Lutheran Church is located at 1345 Macon Street in Aurora, Colorado. Their weekly schedule is as follows. Sunday morning worship at 915, adult Bible class and youth Sunday school at 1045 a.m. On Tuesday mornings, there is a matin service at 830 a.m. with a Bible class to follow at 930 a.m. You can find out more about Hope Lutheran Church at www.hope-aurora.org. That's www.hope-aurora.org. Until next time, may the Lord bless you and keep you in His grace.